Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor Rudy Lugo. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, can we give God some praise now? Hallelujah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's always good to to be ministering here at home on a Wednesday night. I'll tell you, when you come in, I always say this, when you come to church on a Wednesday, midweek service, and you have our worship team just playing and, and ushering in the presence of God, and they're down, and you're just in the middle of it. Oh, man, everything changes for me. And I, I know you can say that, that as well because I know I feel it doesn't matter how tired I am. When I'm here, something's different, something changes. I know that's the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray as I open up. I don't want to forget to do that. Just give God thanks and, and honor him tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to come to be in your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And, Father, tonight we would ask, Lord, that you would just flow through this place, Lord. I, I pray you would minister to every heart. Remove every distraction from our thoughts, Lord. We want to hear from you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, and so, so I read a quote recently, and I usually do that when, uh, when I'm preparing or just in the mornings I, I wake up. Uh, I'll, I'll read, uh, how many know who Smith Wigglesworth is? So, so he's a, uh, an evangelist back in the, the late 19th century, early 20th century, and he had a healing ministry. He believed, you know, healing came by faith, and he was a very powerful minister of God. And he read this, I mean, I read his quote. It said, it's better to live ready than to get ready. I'm going to let me read that again. It's better to live ready than get ready. And that was so profound to me when I read it. I was like, man, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that one day. And, and it was Saturday morning. I came and I shared that uh, during prayer. But after I read it and I left that day and throughout the week, I've been hearing everybody say it. I heard uh, uh, Will Smith say it. I heard some rappers singing it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was so profound to me when, when, when uh, Smith Wigglesworth said it. And then I heard everybody else knowing. Like, Where was I? And, you know, it was so deep and profound. How many know when Pastor Omar says something, uh, it sounds really profound. And if somebody else that you weren't expecting to say it, it sounds different. <laughs> to me, it does anyway. I don't know. I, I honor you, Pastor Omar. I appreciate you. And thank you for allowing me your pulpit tonight. But I'm going to read out of uh, Matthew 25. So if you want to turn there, uh, turn your, uh, open your Bible or your Bible app, and I'm going to read about the parable of the ten uh, virgins or bridesmaids. Amen. It's going to be up on the screen as well. I'm going to read verses 1 through 13. So if you'll read with me here. It says, And the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Verse 6. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop. Buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready, say ready, went in with him to the, to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. 
So verse 13 says, so you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day or the hour of my return. Now, church, we, th- we look at this parable, and we know that it's talking about being ready for the return of Christ. Amen? So, but it's important to know in this story as we read it that all the bridesmaids were the same there. They were all waiting for the bridegroom. And it's just like us when we're waiting. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ, and we're waiting for the return of Christ. But the five, five of the bridesmaids in the parable were lacking oil. And church, I don't know, I don't know what, if it's oil or I don't know what you're missing today, but when you think about it, are you ready for the return of Christ? And not just that, it's so much more. This, this, the scripture applies to us, not just when we're thinking about our salvation and stuff, but in our lives, in our daily lives. There's so much more you can think about. And can I be real tonight? I'm going to be a little real tonight. It says, it's fo- well, this is what I wrote. It doesn't say it. but I- it's, a, to, it's foolish to think that just because we come to church and we go through the motions, we're ready for what God has for us or to be in the position he's called us to. See, this parable, this parable applies to our lives. And, you know, just when we talk about our Christian walk or if we talk about the areas of ministry, our calling, or being prepared for the seasons that we're going to go through, we need to live ready. Amen? Some of you know what God has called you to or where God has you going, but we haven't made ourselves ready for that position. See, we need to live ready, not just get ready. Because we have an enemy that is seeking to devour us. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he, he may devour. See, church, he seeks to devour our lives, our future, our destiny, our legacy, all that God would have for you. We have to be ready. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. See, we know this, church, in this world, and the Bible tells us that it's not going to be always easy. It's not going to be all these, you know, butterflies and flowers and balloons and this nice, right? There's going to be trouble there. There's going to be disappointments in our lives. But all those things that happen in our lives, Christian, all those things that go on in our lives, it's not meant, it shouldn't affect the way you live your life. It shouldn't change what, how, you, how you respond to the Lord. It shouldn't change if you come to church or not. It shouldn't change whether you pray or not. All these different things. Things are going to happen in your life, and Jesus tells us that. He says in John 16, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. See, church, the word of God is telling us to expect hardship, but don't let it affect you. Don't look to worldly solutions. Look to Jesus. And as I'm thinking about this, it reminded me in the, in the story of Nehemiah. And, and if you haven't read that, that book yet, or uh, I know we've talked about it, I want you to read it and, and dive in and just see how awesome that book is and the heart that Nehemiah had to rebuild the wall and while facing opposition. It's a great story of that perseverance and, and knowing that God is with you. See, if you haven't read the story, write it down. Chapter 6, especially, how the wall was defended from the enemy. See, we know in order to rebuild the enemy, uh, I mean, the wall, Nehemiah had to live on the ready, right? How did he do this? He didn't abandon the work when the opposition came or when the work became too hard or somebody gave him an attitude or they were talking about him, they were mocking him, or even when people didn't support him. You know what I'm talking about, right? When, when we come to church and, and we're working, but all of a sudden we're, we don't like the ministry that we're in or somebody upsets us or somebody offends us or we don't like it. It's not going our way. When the opposition comes, do we stop and abandon what we're doing? Or do we face the opposition and we know that God is with us? We know there's a purpose for it. We know that we're there for a reason. It reminded me of that as I'm reading that because Nehemiah, he kept going. You see, and and sometimes we think about this. We think, well, 
I'm coming to church, I'm reading, I'm praying, I have my sword, and that's all I need. But if you think about that story, Nehemiah, who was living ready, he had his sword, but he had others to help him to defend the work and to finish the work. So I would tell you this, church, listen to me. We need others. We need each other in our lives to help us live ready, to help us defend what God has for us and to finish the race. We need to position ourselves and to live ready for the trials that will come. Live ready for our families, for our loved ones, our ministry, especially our salvation. It's better to live ready than to get ready, amen? As believers, as believers, sometimes we wait on God to move before we move, before we get ready. Just like in the parable, the bridesmaids were waiting for the groom to arrive, and, and before they moved and they realized that he had shown up, then they got it to get ready, but they weren't, and they missed the bridegroom. You see, church, what might you miss if you're not ready? Is it your family not coming to church because you stopped? Is it your family not coming to Christ and their salvation? Maybe it's the, the man or woman of God you've been praying for. Or maybe it's even worse, maybe your salvation. See, sometimes the reality is sometimes we don't know what we're missing or, or what we're delaying because we haven't been living ready. You know, we've been living reactive to the things around us instead of proactive and reading and studying and believing God for all these different things. We need to live ready. And I can tell you the answer you know, really easy, and we've heard it, and you know what it is. You see, you know, what do we do to live ready? And, and, and we say things like, you need to be praying. Stay in your word. You know, you need to be uh, uh, coming to, to prayer. You need to be in fellowship with Christ. You need to be in fellowship with each other. Build each other up. And that's good. And that's what you need to do. However, however, and I want you to listen to me. Sometimes there's more specific things in our life that keep you from living ready. Now, here it comes, and... I may lose some friends tonight. <laughs> but maybe it's that relationship you need to end. Those toxic relationships you need to end because people are dragging you down. Maybe it's a secret struggle that you have that you've been living with that nobody knows about, but in your dark place, you go there and keep doing it. But you pray and read the Bible. You come to church, but you still deal with it. Maybe it's unforgiveness in your heart that you haven't let go. Maybe it's the pursuit of worldly things or worldly success. Maybe it's the lack of authority, I mean, a, a respect for authority or submission to authority. Maybe it's the lack of respect for your spouse or your leader or your pastor. Church, I'm also speaking to myself. I, I know it sounds kind of hard to, to, to speak this, but it's true because I've dealt with this in my life. You know, it comes a time when, when somebody comes and, and they share a word and all of a sudden it hits home so hard, that's me. I may speaking, be speaking right now to you right now. I'm not thinking of anybody individually, but maybe this word's for you. I know one time when uh, uh, the mission, our missionary, Pastor Bobby Menchaca, some of you know him, but I loved that he's a prayer warrior. I love his prayer. I love the way he speaks. It's so eloquent when he speaks, and it always speaks to my heart. And I remember one time he was visiting, and, and he called an impromptu uh, prayer night. And I told my wife, I want to go to that. I want to I I I be there with him when he speaks. And, and so we came, and I told him specifically, I, I, I love your prayer life or just what I see. And, he, and I said, would you pray for me because I want that. And he said, yeah, I'll pray, for, I'll pray with you. Where's your wife? So he brought my, we brought my wife, and, and we prayed right here, right in the front right here. And, and he started praying over us, and immediately God started speaking to my heart. That even though I'm reading my word, even though I'm, I'm praying, even though I'm doing these things, that uh, am I truly seeking him? 
am I, am I truly living ready? And, and I didn't feel that I was. But after he prayed, oh my gosh, how something happened in my life. Something happened in my life so powerful that, that I went, uh, we got home and I said, babe, I need to do more for God. I need to seek God more. I need to pray. I feel like I need to pray. And, and I started praying more at home and I started praying by myself. And then, and then I came to Pastor Omar and I said, I'm going to be in the prayer room before every service. I'm going to be there on Saturday praying. All of a sudden I started doing this. I started praying more and wanting more of God. Could it be, church, at that moment, at that decision that I decided that I wanted more of God, I wanted to pray, that God started to position me where he wanted me. You see, I wasn't a pastor then. I think I was barely a Bible study leader. But how was I going to tell people to go to church and pray when I wasn't doing it myself? I was having a prayer life, but how could I tell them, go on Saturday. You have to be there. You have to be in the prayer room before service. But I wasn't there. So God put it on my heart. You need to pray. And all of a sudden, could it have been at that moment that all of a sudden I was lining up to where God wanted me? All of a sudden that, you know, things are going, you know, looking better for me. I didn't worry about the little things in my life. I didn't worry about losing a job. And believe me, I lost a lot of them. Some, if you know me, you know I lost a lot of them. And, and it was out of my control. They just laid me off. And I'm like, I would I would, first thing I would do was text Pastor Omar. Pray for me. I lost another one. He's like, we're going to believe God, you know. That was the answer. And you know what? We believed God. We trusted God. And when I decided to stand for God and say, babe, we're going to do this, and, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to be at church when the doors open, we're going to go, and, and uh, she was like, okay. You know, if, if that's what you want to do, go, you know, do it. Lead us that way. And there was no objection from her. And it reminded me of, of Luke chapter 12. And I want to read this because it's, this is what almost my, my, my motto was for service. It says this in Luke chapter 12, verse 35. It'll be up there on the screen for you. It says, be dressed for service. Come on, ushers. Keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for the master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself will seat them, put on the apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward servants who are ready. Verse 40, he also, you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. We need to live ready, church. We need to be ready. But there's so many things that want to get in our way, amen? And we know that. We know what we have to do. We know we have to pray. We know we have to read. We have to come to church. But do we really know what's hindering you from the things of God? Do you really know, and you probably do, but I don't know what's, what's hindering you. You know what's in your heart. I don't. God knows. There's something in you that, that you want to push through, but there's something maybe in the back of your mind that you're dealing with. And we won't know unless you, you come and you make yourself available and you say, you know what, I want to be accountable. And when you do that, when you're accountable to somebody above you, let them know. You don't have to tell everybody, but have somebody keep you accountable. That's how you start to live ready. You know, there's times when, when people ask me, uh, they say, you know what, I don't know what to do anymore because I mean, I've been in this situation for a long time. I've been going through this situation for a long time, and, and God hasn't answered me. He's not listening to me. God hasn't moved in my life, and why do I even pray? Why do I go to church? I don't hear from God. But then they say, I, I, I tell them, you know, I ask them, are you praying and stuff? And they say, yeah, I'm praying, and I'm, and I'm reading. But then I ask, but what are you doing differently? What are you doing differently? If it's a job, if, if you're in a job you don't like or you're looking for a job, are you being the best employee that you can be? 
Are, are you looking for, are you uh, uh, building your resume and, and, and sending it out? Just, not just one, but how about 20 or 30 in a day? Are you, are you going to job fairs? Are you doing everything you can that, you know, because when you go to those places, you might think the door's closed, but you don't know. The door may be closed, but it's unlocked. You can go through there. Is it a spouse that, you're, that you've been praying for, your, your husband or your wife that you're praying for? But are you living for God? Are you preparing yourself for your mate? Are you improving yourself because God has that person waiting for you, but you want, you're going to show up and, and I was going to say show up in Torah, but no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> are you preparing yourself for your mate? Are you preparing to lead and show your mate that you live for God? You're not living for them. You're living for God. Is it a marital relationship? Is there problems in your marriage right now? Or, or it, maybe your spouse, they don't come to church. Are, are, are you showing them that, you know, you're living for God? You know what? It's a better testimony to show them that God has changed you than throwing the word at them. And I don't mean literally. Not throwing the book at them. But living and say, look, what, don't even tell them. They'll see what God has done in your life. They'll see how you walk. Something's different about you. And when they don't want to go to church and you go, something's You're joyful. You're happy. You're coming back. And then they see you. They're going to want some of that. They're going to want some of that. What's going on? What is happening over there? I couldn't do that for her or him. But something's happening there. I want to, be, I want to see what's going on. Even if they come and spy. Even if they come and they want to check it out. Let them. Let them fake it till they make it. Let them fake it till they make it. Or maybe, or maybe, it's just a matter of the heart. What's deep in there, church? We tend to let things live in there. We, we, we tend to, to let, you know, things occupy that place, that place where Jesus should be. Is there any bitterness left in there? Is there unforgiveness still rooted in there? You know, sometimes when, when uh, you're going through things and, and, and you come with a smile and then we ask how you're doing, you say, oh, I'm fine. Or, yeah, I'm healed from the past. I, I had a bad childhood or a bad marriage, and I'm healed from that. But the minute that uh, uh, the name of the person that's spoken, it's spoken out, all of a sudden, you're, you're on fire. You're on fire because how, and all of a sudden, all those feelings come back. Have you really forgave that person? Have you really let it go? Or do you blame someone for your unhappiness in your life? You, know, you remember what Pastor Omar says about blaming, right? How do you spell it? Be lame, you blame, you be lame. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you, church, that that unhappiness shouldn't continue to live there. It shouldn't continue to live there. You have a choice to replace it with the fruits of the Spirit. You have that choice, and you need to make that. You know what? Maybe even thank that person for your unhappiness. Because maybe if it wasn't for that unhappiness, maybe you wouldn't have known how much you need Jesus. But you're in a better place. When, that un, when you deal with unhappiness or unforgiveness or bitterness, you leave that. You get rid of that and you don't take it back. All that stuff will hinder you from for living for God, for living ready. Because all that time, it'll be, back, it'll be back in your mind. And you may think it's good. You may come to church and, and you're loving it here. You're loving the worship. You're loving uh, Pastor Omar's preaching. And you're, and you're just enjoying it. You're making friends. But the minute you walk out of these doors... Just the thought of that person or someone who hurts you comes back to mind. That will hinder you for living ready. See, I, I don't want to be in the position where I used to be, where I'm always uh, uh, getting ready when there's a trial. Because trials are going to come, right? Jesus said that. There's going to be many trials and sorrow, many disappointments. But why get ready at that time? 
Why, why not be ready before then? Why not live ready? Because you know they're going to come. He gives us the answer. You're going to have this. Expect it. But don't let it affect you. Don't, don't lose heart because I've overcome the world. That's God's promise to you. Don't let it affect you because he's overcome it already. You have victory. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to share one more quick story. I have a lot of time left. Did we get started early? Wow. Let me get some water. I feel like I've been here 30 minutes already. I want to share this to you because I wasn't a close in a little bit, but it's 830. I want to share this because I, I, I've been saved 13 years now. And, oh, glory to God. Glory. I'm, I'm still a, a, a young man in the Lord. And, and physically, too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Tell them, babe. <laughs> Kids fall asleep by 9 o'clock. <laughs> All right. And we lock the door. And IB, that's right. And IB, you know. I wanted to share this because I, there was a time in my Christian walk that I had to react to things in my life. I had to react to trials. I had to react. And I was always surprised when they happened. Like, like you will be. You know, one phone call, like Pastor Omar says, one phone call could change your life. It's, it's a horrible place to be if, if your first run go-to is prayer or Jesus. The first thing we do is we start to panic and stuff like that. But um, many of you know, seven years ago when, when uh, my, my wife was giving birth to my son Ezekiel, I'm not going to share the whole story, but just a, a, a piece of it because it was when I knew that I needed more than reacting to a problem. You know, uh, you know she was uh, 25 weeks, and she, you know, she started to go into labor. She developed preeclampsia, and uh, we got to the hospital, and they say, we got to deliver, and we're saying, no, you're not going to do that. And it finally came down to a point where uh, either the baby was going to die or they both were going to die. That was it. So we just said, okay, you know what, deliver. And, 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 and I remember we, right when we said, yes, let's do it, they, they put us into the operating room within 15, 20 minutes. And I'm crying. I'm crying now because I don't know what to do. Um, I'm looking at my wife, and, and yeah, I see tears, but I don't see crying like me. I'm, I'm crying. I'm crushed. And what's my response? God, how could you do this? See, that, that shouldn't be our response. Our, res our response should be, Lord, I trust you. But that was my first response to that. And, and I saw her laying down, and, and they were operating on her, and I'm crying. And, and she's saying, babe, just keep praising God and keep praising God. And she kept telling me that. She's looking at me, and I'm saying, how do you praise God right now? And she goes, because he's good. And at that moment, you know, I, I heard them take Zeke out, and they say, congratulations, it's a baby boy, and they said, start CPR. And so I'm still crying because I'm like, how could you do this, God? He, he, he's dying. He's dying. Maybe I deserve this, but my wife doesn't deserve it. I'm thinking things like that, and, and I'm like, how do you do that right now? And at that moment, I'm like, I don't know who you are, God. I don't know because I'm reacting to this situation. I wasn't prepared to go to the situation. See, church, are you prepared 
for that next trial in your life. Maybe you're in a trial right now. Are you living ready or do you have to get ready every time something hits? See, it's a horrible situation to be in that position when that call comes, that trial comes. Because it's going to happen. The Bible tells us that. There's going to be many of them. Do you want to be reactive or you want to be proactive in that situation? Do you want to be, you know, just know that God is with you? And I'll tell you, tell you today, if you know the story, if you know Ezekiel, it, it, he's back there right now. He's seven years old. He's healthy. He's highly intelligent. He, he knows his calling. If you talk to him, he'll say he's Pastor Zeke. He seen, and he tells me, I'm like, why do you call yourself Pastor Zeke? He said, because when you're not here, Daddy, and you're traveling, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be in the prayer room. And, and he's done it. And, and I'm like, can you have that childlike faith? He know, that, This is all he knows, church. From day one, this is all he knows. It's not a question of if we're going to church. It's what time are we going to be there because I got to be early. The prayer room is open. We got to go. He knows every time I go, we got to pray. We got to pray. That's what we do. That's our lives. Amen? Man, I just, I just think every time I speak something from my heart, I'm speaking to myself, things that I've gone through, and I feel like, you can relate to me because you've been through something like this. Maybe it wasn't your child in the hospital, but maybe it was a relationship issue. Maybe it was something that, that you didn't like. Maybe you lost a job when you didn't expect to lose a job. I've done that a lot of times. I feel like God has shown me everything that he's, he's thrown at me, and he's got me through. He goes, see, I did it again. I did it again. I, I know when, when somebody else loses a job and they come to me and they start talking to me about it, I'm like smiling, man, God's going to do something. And they're like, I can't talk to you about that. Because you, 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 I know you understand you've been there, but you can't, you know, sympathize with me. But I can. Because I remember the pain of not knowing what I was going to do and, 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 and calling my pastor and saying, pray for me. I, I mean, I, I like prayer. I like, I, like, I like him praying for me, but I hate when I have to do that sometimes. Pray for me. Keep me in prayer because that's something bad. I don't bother him for the small things. You know, I go straight to God, but then I go, I need a partner. I need somebody to pray with me and agree with me. And now I have my brothers and sisters in here that I know I can go to and pray with me. I feel better when there's more people praying with me. When I can come on a Saturday and pray and be here, it's so much better. You know, we, we pray on our own, and, and that's great. You should. You need a personal relationship with Jesus. Those are the things, those little things, as you, as you know where to go for help. You know where to go to, to, to get better. Those are the things you need to know. And, and you can't do that when you're away from this place. See, I, this message, when, when it came to me when I was, when I was praying and I was, when I, I, I heard that quote or I read that quote, it's better to live ready than to get ready. So there's a lot of people in here, you know, we get ready when we have to. But the rest of the time, we're on cruise control. And that's not a good place to be. Because when the trial hits, you know, like it says it's going to hit, what do you do? What's your first reaction? Is, you know, sometimes when something goes wrong, we want to run to the, to the doctor. And, yeah, that's a good thing. God will give them wisdom in the right direction to help you. But do you pray at all? Do you go to God first and say, God, I know you're in control and you have the last say in every situation. You're in control. Church, we need to live ready. We need to stay ready. And, you know, we need to not just get ready, but we need to know, we need to speak into other people's lives and say, hey, I know the answer. I'm going to start closing with this scripture. So if, you, if I can have the, the uh, worship team come up. 
Amen. And, I, and as I get ready to close, everyone, um, as they come up and they start playing, can we have everybody just, just kind of seated? And we don't want any distraction by anybody leaving the, the sanctuary, but I want to close with the scripture. I, I pray that this word ministered to you, that God is so good. And I want to read the scripture to you out of the, out of the book of Romans. It's up there already. It was so fitting for this message and, and living ready, the urgency behind it. But in verse 11, and I'm going to read out of the, the, the Passion Translation. It says, to live like this is all the more urgent. For time is running out, and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. For our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. When you first believed and you were first excited, you couldn't wait to come to church and you came and you said, oh, I want to live for God. I love that worship team. I love the music. I want to go to the front. But as time goes on, time goes on and trials hit and you're living through it and you don't see much has changed. And you start to come to church, but maybe you're not as excited to come. Maybe you don't make it all the way to the front anymore. Maybe you start to hang out more in the back now because you have did this already, been there, done that. But God hasn't changed. He's still good. He still loves you the same way. He still wants you to come seek him. He still wants to bless you. He's not away from you. So as this time comes, church, as we start to live more for God, and the time is coming closer to his return, how will he find you when he comes back? Will he find you in the middle of your call? living your call, living, living where he wants you to live, living in his promise, doing all these different things, or will he find you with an empty lamp? And so that, and that's real. So you're here at the right time. Because you know what? You made it in these doors. You weren't locked out today. You came in today knowing, you know what, I'm going to see what God has for me. And he's telling you today. He's telling you today. I'm here for you. I still love you. I'm still faithful when you fall short. All those things that, that we go through, that we let mind games trying to trip us up or lie to us, the enemy tries to lie to us. When you came in those doors, how was your lamp? Was it full? Did you have extra? Or are you running on low or empty? Do you need a little more? This is where you fill it up. You fill it up right here. When you come in and you come into the presence of the Lord, this is where you refill your lamp. You don't have to go out and buy some at a store. You have it right here. This is the place right here. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.